Hello everybody, welcome to an incredibly special show today. I'm here with Hart McMuller. He's the Vice President of IT and Cross Functions at Mercedes-Benz. And we are going to talk about what Web3 and the metaverse means for Mercedes. I'm super excited about this session. It's rare that we get access to somebody with the seniority and experience of Hartmut. So this is gonna be hopefully for all of you, a mind blowing and interesting insight into the world of one of the biggest enterprises, one of the most prolific car manufacturers in the world and how they are engaging with blockchain and Web3. So Hartmut, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, thanks actually. That was a real nice introduction, really appreciate it. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having Excellent. me. Well, we've got a lot to cover in a very short period of time. I know you're busy. So first question for you, Hartmut, tell us why is Mercedes-Benz interested in blockchain and Web3? First of all, it's a, it's a new technology, you know, and for me, it's also, and for us, it's a, the next phase of the internet, so to say, you know, so we're talking about the value of networks, for instance. So that's a very important thing. And of course, blockchain is not quite new, but it is a technology which we consider now as a, also as a fund, foundational technology. And I think if you, if you look on it uh, use case driven, it is different uh, compared to when you look on it as a fundamental technology for your overall architecture, so to say. And, uh, and that's for me the interesting thing also seeing over the course of the last years, uh, a far more convergence between technologies. You know, you have you have securities converging with mobility, connectivity, and the cloud. Also, you cannot look onto blockchain isolated. You have to take IoT and also artificial intelligence, for instance, into consideration to a certain extent. And that melts a bit together, you know, to a new fundament, uh, to new technology fundament, which you have to consider. And also as a technology company, building that nice beauty cars, you know, you have to look into technology, which is emerging, so to say. That's why we are considering it. Um, and also it's not only Web3, Metaverse, blockchain, all that stuff comes together and we have to clarify what is relevant for us also going forward. For sure. And, and I like the way you frame that, frankly, because I think too many people see blockchain as a technology in isolation. And even within blockchain and Web3, we see different domains of infrastructure, tokenization, layer ones, layer twos. There's already complexity in there, but I, I, I'm glad you opened that box because it feels like you're working at the cross section of Web3, data, big data, I, IoT, and then also working within an enterprise, which in its construct is often quite different to Web3 startups or DeFi startups and so on. Right. How do you see that tripartite relationship working? Or how is it working for you? First of all, I think data, and uh, in Europe, we are talking about data sovereignty, you know, or GDPR, you know, which is a very serious thing. And also having data protection and privacy by design uh, that we take very serious as a company, because it's, it's essential for us, you know, being in the market and also dealing with the data. And, and data is a very important thing, you know, and I'm not talking about first monetizing data to the external uh, world and maybe creating revenues out of it. No, it's also about monetizing data for the, uh, for the greater good of us as a company, you know, so also leverage also the data pools which we are having inside the company and uh, creating access towards them. So that's, that's one element. And we also have, we'll come to that later on when we talk about eccentric 
we have we had one idea saying okay we need something like a data marketplace also internally for us to leverage all the data pools and what is necessary to go into a decentralized way of thinking on data how can you access data uh, with a with a certain degree of data sovereignty on the one inside but also how you can run compute on decentralized data in a in a in a pretty uh, a nice fashion in a secure fashion as well across the enterprise and so and so uh, the things came together and of course also when you uh, when you look into into blockchain overall and that was the i think also the starting point uh, many years ago that we said let's look into use cases what is the use case regarding the enterprise uh, what is the use case regarding the product and what is the use case regarding the customer, so to say, and how can we deal with data uh, across that? And, and also going through that phase um, over the last whatever, 12, 18 months, also the NFT phase came uh, alongside, you know, all are talking about digital art and what does it mean, uh, digital art also for us? Um, um, we come to that topic also later on. Of course, that is also considered and you have to bring these elements together and then, uh, if you talk about that, then you have to consider, uh, for instance, blockchain or various elements of blockchain also as your operating system in your company or as part of your operating system. And that's, and that's uh, how I'm looking on it, uh, saying, um, like, for instance, topics in the telco space, 5G, is, is it a use case triple thing? No, it's a, it's a fundamental technology and it will be part of the operating system going forward and you have to cope with that. I think, um, and uh, no one is talking about, for instance, about cloud and cloudification at the moment any, uh, anytime. You know, it's, it's there, you know, you have to deal with it. The cloud is here, security is here, mobility is here, and that's how it converges. And I see also, uh, for instance, the next phase of the internet, um, I see uh, decentralization as one key element, actually, which we have to consider also as a car manufacturer. Love, love that hardwood. And, and also, I think it's interesting for those people listening in to identify that you see a data sovereignty challenge even within the group, right? So even within Mercedes-Benz, I mean, there's a number of different, different um, operating entities, a number of different um, brands, a number of different, I guess, complexities also so between just the think relationship. About, um, maybe one, one thing, and I may interrupt you here, is sure. you have to think about, look how regulated the world will become or already is you can't think saying okay let's aggregate all data into one data pool and then let's do something with it or etl in the past or something like that no you have mm. to run compute on decentralized data pools and you have to orchestrate it accordingly so that you are clear on the metadata on the one side but also then um, taking care which raw data you are uh, exposing for instance also to the compute transactions Sure. And we're starting to get into the meat of this now. So I, I, you mentioned Eccentric as a product. This is something that Mercedes is taking out to market. What problems are you starting to address now? Or what are the kind of core features of Eccentric so people who haven't heard of it can get a feel for it? First of, first of all, it's a, it's a B2B data marketplace, I would call it, you know, and, and, and Eccentric started as an idea where we said, first, we have to tackle the challenge of being agnostic, which is very important because there's a lot of preparatory stuff, you know, around data and data pools, the hyperscalers, uh, on-premise uh, data pools and all this stuff. And we have to be clear on saying the technology which we use is really about being agnostic. And that is, was a, a very important uh, element when we build it up. 
the second element also was we we should be able to run compute on uh, decentralized storage. So also, and we, then we looked also in the world of, for instance, the startups and said, with whom can we also uh, cooperate to a certain extent and collaborate to to fix that problem which is there, you know, so to say. And also, I think uh, if you look on it, saying on the one hand side we can. Uh, can fix data issues and data problems um, of our own enterprises. It's also about looking from an end-to-end -end perspective on it, from an entire supply chain, if, if, if uh, whatever different partners are dealing with each other and wants to get access in a very data sovereign way, but running compute on decentralized storage. So, so we, we fix that uh, problem very easily also with Eccentric. And going forward, and it's it's modern technology, you know. So, and I think that's also it's different how we we, we build up Web three applications compared to how we uh, build up whatever classical client server applications to a certain extent. And then also out of the uh, the new technologies, also uh, for instance uh, Polygon or Ethereum as a as underlying um, technology, we also want to leverage also the the smart contracts for instance you know and say what can we really create out of that or what does tokenization mean for us you know in, in the discussions that we are having and so we we tackled various elements uh, in that which was on the one hand side at the first end a, a great learning also for our people and also for our organization how to cope with that technology because you have to experiment if you never try it out you will um, first not fail but you will also learn nothing out of it and i think that's very important and secondly, also, we looked into that and say, what business models actually can we create out of that? And so, and so that's why, why I liked it also to exchange this, exchange it not only with uh, with us as Mercedes Benz, uh, but also with external companies and see how they are thinking on it and how they might tackle um, the the challenge of data sovereignty and access to data and all this stuff. So that's that's for me. Uh, it was a nice endeavor and a nice journey over the course of the last one and a half years. And the, the baby has grown now to enterprise grade, so to say. So that was the good thing, which we have seen over the course of the last 18 months. Quite nice. Very good. And as you went through that, I mean, from, from having spent some time in enterprise blockchain myself and, and you know, previ previous use cases were in, similar to the supply chain one that you mentioned, I think we're seeing an increasing requirement on compliance or transparency of what's being produced where, using what materials. and. You know, as as an OEM, you're you've got hundreds of thousands of suppliers around the world, and oftentimes there's an arm's length relationship with those suppliers. They have their own proprietary information, their own proprietary materials, manufacturing processes, and so on. And it wouldn't be appropriate for Mercedes-Benz to hoover up all of their proprietary data, make information on it, and then pass it to a regulator. I, I mean, the, the just compliance alone feels like one of the problems that you're solving. But I'm sure there's other other use cases in there as well that are more yeah. You know, proactive or um, positive in nature as opposed to just um, administration well, like, bureaucracy. Yeah, you're, you're right. And, and it's, it's like when you're also reading out whatever latest case studies from large uh, consultancies of the world, you know, because they are saying, okay, there are use cases in the enterprise where you have to track and trace stuff to the end, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's whatever decentralized sourcing or how to take a carbon emission tracking and all that stuff. You know, of course, some stuff is done, but there we are also looking very closely to the Catena X endeavor, you know, which is also an initiative we, we have joined. And, uh, and and I think it's important to, to take that 
also, I would say, not above but beyond our uh, company as Mercedes-Benz, you know, because you can't fix it by yourself, by ourselves as Mercedes-Benz. We have also to look to the overall ecosystem uh, of suppliers, but also of competitors uh, of us, you know, and see how we can be on the one hand side agnostic, but on the other hand side also interoperable in a certain way. So that helps definitely. For sure. And, and, and I know there have been some kind of collaboration initiatives. We've seen consortia spinning up around decentralized technology for, for a number of years now. Is that something that's particularly still challenging in the automotive industry? Are there you know, barriers to what you can and can't do? I, I don't know. I don't want to go into kind of confidential information, but have you found consortiums and working together with others possible, feasible, kind of easy to manage? It's still difficult to manage, uh, of course, and uh, antitrust and this stuff and all the cases are very important uh, topics, which we also take care of. Um, but I think Catena X is a good example, actually, uh, where we uh, where we figured out how to incorporate and cooperate uh, together to a certain extent, uh, because also competitors of us are uh, have joined the bandwagon. And I think it's for the greater good also of, on the one hand side, technology sovereignty, which is one key element, but also data sovereignty in Catena X going forward. And I think a good initiative, which which might find also, um, um, or which can be copied also in the future uh, for other uh, ideas. And I think the proof of the pudding is now on, you know, uh, saying, resolving also use cases and getting a real value out of it uh, for that. Um, and that's what we are looking for. And that's why we are supporting that initiative also heavily. Um, like others, but Catenax is one, of course, of our prime and most important initiatives which we are supporting. And, and what you see here, um, and I don't want to talk too much about it, it's, it's really about it's the OEMs, it's the suppliers, but it's also tech companies, you know, mm. and different attitudes and mindsets are coming together in how to fix issues going forward. So, um, and I think it's not only engineering, it's IT, it's technology, and that uh, I, I think it's quite exciting. What I'd like to talk about Hartmut next is obviously you're one of the most senior IT professionals in, in Mercedes-Benz, if not the most, um, and yet you found a way to create a, te a technology-driven Web3 startup within Mercedes-Benz a year and a half ago. How did this start? Right? Let, you know, for the entrepreneurs listening in, for even the intrapreneurs within large enterprises, how did you make this happen? Uh, first of all, it's about, of course, having an idea, but also having some issues which you might uh, overcome and fix. And uh, of course, one thing was, um, I, I came across three topics. First one was, um, it is about the data and the data pools we can't access with a central data lake. It, it will not work going forward. That means we have to have a, a decentralized marketplace to access stuff. That was one thing. Then second thing was also, um, I said, how can we ensure that with, with the intellectual property of our own people, but also with intellectual property maybe of developer groups, uh, apps and services can be built based on data. So it's like the whatever, the Apple iStore, uh, the iOS, you know, and all that stuff and the Apple uh, thing where the developers are building the apps and you can uh, pull them out, out, of the, out of the app store, so to say. And it's something like that saying, okay, we have to create on the one hand side uh, access to data, but also we have to leverage maybe a, a broader community of developers um, to build applications based on that. So that was, that was the second element. And the third element actually when I discussed also is um, 
how can we leverage also not utilized storage in our group? So given fact that we are running whatever, data centers, edge devices, with a lot of storage not utilized, you know, saying how can we make access towards that? Or how can someone opt in and say, okay, I provide you my storage because it's not utilized. And you can also uh, create that for the greater good. So that was the, the first three things. And then also my personal uh, take was always, I thought Web3 and the whatever the coming internet, uh, also talking about security in a maybe different way. And also that we have to cope with the overall cloud continuum. So from edge to cloud and cloud to edge, so to say. And it's, uh, I'm not saying it's yet another data center, but also our product is IT product. It's an edge product, you know. Um, and that means security has to play a completely different role. And that was also the, the essential thing in the discussions at the beginning, saying how might we on the one hand side being able to create something being agnostic, getting access to latest technology, which we never dealt before, leveraging blockchain, smart contracts, tokenization in a way also to far more automate and get rid of some middlemen activities, so to say. And then, of course, it was about uh, how can I internally fund it, you know, so to say. Um, and of course, that's also one of the luxuries of my accountability here with Mercedes-Benz. I was able to fund, to fund up the starting point. But then also um, uh, give an interest also of internal stakeholders, uh, business organizations, but also external stakeholders. Uh, we are now in a pretty good situation actually to decide how to move on, you know, whether keeping it as a 100% uh, subsidiary or whether also going into a far bigger growth, you know, with the sample going forward. But that will be decided also uh, beginning of 2023 20, actually. You have to look onto some technology topics as fundamental technologies, also like operating system technologies, which might become in the future. And that was that was actually also the game changer on some things that I said, it's not important whatever to fix one use case, it's important to build a platform with certain functionality and then also to create an underlying business case and uh, whatever revenue model, which is being able to go exponential, you know, if you are finding mm. customers and so on. So I think that was that was the key element because if I would have done it only in one single use case, I think it would not paid off to a certain extent. And then it might be immediately stopped because the, the single use case business owner would say, I can't afford it. Then let's stop it. You know, so and, and, and that was the, the the game changer actually for also for eccentric and for for the blockchain underlying technology in eccentric. Yeah, some, some good learnings in that one. I think a couple of things, you know, commercial, commercial viability has to be there for the long term, no matter what. And I think a lot of Web3 misses out on some of the commercial narrative from the start, maybe from lack of experience or because you have an engineering first mindset in some cases, which is okay, but you still need to maintain commercial viability to some extent, um, even with token-based sure. models. Sure. The other part of it I really like there and is that you- We love innovation, as, you know, we love innovation. That's also a very important thing. <laughs> yeah. If you have a bigger budget to do it and you're able to convene the resources, I think that's hugely powerful. What I think I also heard from you is you weren't thinking about this saying, right, we're going to create a blockchain thing and we're going to go and take it to market. You described a number of technology capabilities that work together that, that provide platforms on which you can create use cases. So you talked about IoT devices, you talked about 
the data that Mercedes has, you talk about the data that your partners have, you talk about the vehicles themselves, you talk about storage and compute. Right. These are assets that are accessible. You know, not, not saying that we're going to see um, Mercedes devices mining cryptocurrencies in future, but if you imagine a network, a mesh of, of devices that can at any one time contribute any of those assets or data, you can start creating some quite compelling things. And also for your customers, right, who are the owners of the vehicles, and in some cases, depending on interpretation of the owners of the data, you can create some really interesting differentiation for them as owners of vehicles. Yeah, and it's also if, you, if new hardware is coming, you know, if you are looking to virtual reality, augmented reality, or even robotics and drones, what might it be for these kind of devices going forward? And and if you look from a hardware point of view on it and then saying, okay, what might be software can provide towards that? It's a different discussion instead of picking only one single element out of it um, and trying to utilize that and to create that in a, in a very affordable way, so to say. I've been wanting to ask this question because I know there's, there's a huge amount of hype around this particular topic. And I would, I would love to hear an, an objective um, you know, enterprise view of things because there's, everybody has their own interpretation on the metaverse whether there is one metaverse or multiple metaverses as in the same way as there one internet or multiple internets. But how is Mercedes-Benz thinking about the metaverse? What are some of the initiatives you're involved in? What does the metaverse mean to you? First of all, I have my own definition of it. You know, for me, it's uh, on the one hand side, the, the consumer world and there's a, a commercial or industrial world, you know, and there might be also industrial metaverse for it. And the consumer is also about, you know, a lot of gaming stuff is coming around. If you look to what the, the, the epics and all these guys doing, you know, instead of uh, going forward. And when I'm looking on the metaverse, it's on the one side, of course, the, the industrial metaverse, you know, where we are internally also creating our whatever digital twins, you know, for, um, for getting better as a company, so to say, or even saving far more costs going on. And that's also not a new thing, you know, it's when you look to that, it's also, I would say pretty a few years old, you know, where we try to say, how can a digital twin, uh, a digital zwilling, so to say, can simulate stuff which you could done or could have done only in the, in the physical world, so to say. And I think also for us as a car manufacturer, it might be a huge powerful technology if we do it right. And, and I think that is one, core initiative going forward actually um, to talk about the digital twins of our cars of our factories going forward and how that um, plays together so to say i think that's that's one one core element one example of that i mean for me i was talking to the unity team and some of the web3 guys there is simple co-creation and co-design of vehicles during lockdowns right? and you were having designers with vr helmets with sort of various oh. different design artifacts that you could link to to um, the kind of handsets, this is this is digital virtual co-creation collaboration in an industrial setting, which to me that counts as metaverse. And we're doing that today. That's not fantasy. It's not play. It's not gaming. It doesn't have tokens, but it's hugely valid. Yeah, and you already have the latency you need, you know, to do that. You know, as in a world that you whatever you're over five G and all that stuff, you can collaborate very efficiently towards that. Also sitting in a hybrid environment or connecting people from different sides of the world. So I think that's that's one one key element, actually, uh, saying uh, our industrial metaverse and the digital twins we, we are creating, uh, they have to pay off going forward. You know, I think uh, we will see how that will work out and how that will also maybe create benefits from a cost perspective. 
but also getting speed, you know, and uh, improving our products going forward. And the second element, what you mentioned also was the uh, the consumer uh, metaverse. I think uh, you also mentioned that you joined the Aura Consortium as a founding member. So it was primarily about saying, how can we luxury for luxury, you know, with uh, the, the companies who are aside of us here. Uh, it's really also about discussing what might the NFT world play together, or how can that be combined in terms of an immersive experience for our drivers in a car, combining that also the digital art with, uh, with, with sound, with light and all that stuff, which, which could be done in a very intelligent way. And, uh, and currently also um, our design teams are, are tackling that challenge and see how that might, might come out. So, but as I said at the beginning, I think it's very important. It's uh, Web3 for me, it's the value of networks as well. And also I think the, the, the pieces in terms of what might a community be uh, is a very essential one. And I think also for us going forward, it might be a, some key decisions which we will take how the physical world today, uh, what we are having in various aspects, arenas, museum, Formula One, all that stuff, how that might come together in also in a virtual way, you know, and we have to look into that. Um, but not many stuff is already uh, decided uh, here in. So for me, looking on it, it's more the, the industrial metaverse uh, aspect, which is an essential one where we can create immediately uh, efficiencies also and becoming also as a company far more effective going forward. Very good. Lots to unpick in there. And the, you know, the idea of the concept of Aura, which was which was early on about luxury and provenance, actually expanding now into what we can do with tokens, what we can do with the user experience, customer experience, the relationship between manufacturers, their products, and the users and the owners of those products. There's a huge amount we could go into there. We don't have the time in this session. We might have to do a part two. <laughs> Maybe um, an, but, another one actually in the future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I'd like it. I'd like it to be on the record that you know clearly you're not thinking about it that way. But most organisations also shouldn't be thinking about NFTs just as digital art. These are artifacts. These are means of which of creating engagement in a whole bunch of different ways, um, which I think can be incredibly powerful. We've got two minutes left, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the kind of the final question, if I may. Because you, you've had obviously a year and a half's worth of developing your own proposition with blockchain and Web3. You've been an advocate of blockchain technology for the longest time. What advice would you give to other enterprises or entrepreneurs looking in on this session who are interested in working in Web3? First of all, it's, uh, and I think that sounds uh, sometimes a bit boring. It's uh, you have to experiment with it, you know. And, but on the other hand, side, if you want to experiment with it, you have to educate people in that technology. They have to find people who are capable to deal with their topics. And, and that's what I'm saying. It's not, for me, it's not yet transformation of the existing piece. No, you have to start fresh greenfield with people who are able and capable to do it because they build it different. So that's for me, was the fundamental learning. It's not about saying, okay, the people who have done whatever, Web 2 and all that stuff, Web 1 uh, beforehand, they now go into Web 3, of course they can, but as a starting point, for me, it was really about saying, okay, build up a fresh group of people, uh, educate them properly, train them properly, and then they can start actually on Greenfield. So and I, that, that was on the one thing, the important thing, the first thing. The second thing, to be also quick, don't look only from a use case perspective on it. It will become our operating system, a fundamental technology. And that will be a game changer in how you are thinking on it and also in how you are discussing it internally in a company. Period. That's it. 
Very good. Educate yourself and don't think of it just in a use case basis. Think of it as a platform or infrastructural technology. Hartmut, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time. I hope those listening in have learned a lot. I know I have. And excited to hear more about the industrial metaverse, more about Eccentric in the new year when you can give us more details. And thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. It was a great pleasure. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Blockchain Won't Save the World podcast. As always, opinions in this episode are mine and those of my guests alone. If you want to find out more, please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Check out some of the other episodes on the Blockchain Won't Save the World podcast and check out the YouTube channel also called Blockchain Won't Save the World. Stay safe out there.